Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. And welcome to the following on podcast from TalkSport. I'm John Norman. Alongside me, ESPN Crick Info's George DeBell. Well, it's only a matter of moments since the final delivery and wickets of this first test match of two. Neil Wagner with a fifer to go with BJ Watling's miraculous 200 yesterday. Mitchell Santner, uh, three wickets and 100. But the top line is New Zealand have won, beating England by an innings in 65 runs to go 1-0 up, heading to Hamilton. We're going to be looking back at all the action. There's quite a lot of it on day five here at the Bay Oval. You're listening to the following on podcast from TalkSport. So England uh, turned up on day five, hoping that they would be able to uh, get through the day. Seven wickets in hand. Uh, they were 55 for three overnight, needing to bat out 90 overs on day five. And by lunch, well, uh, apart from uh, another poor shot from Joe Root, must be said, uh, they seem to be on track for doing it. In fact, at the halfway stage of the day, with uh, both Ben Stokes and Joe Denley seemingly set, it seemed like they could see off New Zealand, who were shorn of the services of Trent Bolt and uh, actually risk losing him for the series itself but uh, another one of those uh, pesky collapses which England are so uh, good at uh, really ripped the heart out of the middle order so coming 121 for 4 became 138 for 8 and despite a 59 run partnership between uh, Joffre Archer and Sam Curran uh, really that was it George Bell's alongside me George um, well we kind of expected to be in exactly this position didn't we yesterday uh, Mitchell Santner taking those three quick wickets at the top we thought it would probably spin more today or rather he would pose more of a threat as it was despite Trent Bolt sitting out most of the day it was uh, Neil Wagner another five foot including two from two right at the end of the day England well beaten here yeah New Zealand fantastic uh, given England 
a masterclass in how to play on such mm. surfaces. I didn't expect to be here at this time of day, no. I thought England should have batted out time. I didn't think there was anything there really for uh, bowlers against right-handers. Pretty difficult for left-handers, definitely. And I thought England's batting was very, very poor. Right, story of the day. What do England do from here? Let's let's. We've been here before. I'm. I know we've just listened to Joe Root. I tell you what, this what Joe Root said was fascinating. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But essentially, England have lost overseas again. I don't know the record, but we've seen a hell of a lot of this. Is it time that we stop being surprised at the magnitude of the defeats when they travel abroad? Yeah, you'd be an idiot to be surprised. Why would you be surprised? <laughs> but there is still some surprise, well, though, isn't there? You know, p- people were surprised when England lost in the West Indies. I don't know how many tours I've been onto the West Indies, but it's a lot, and I haven't seen England win there. So, uh, it, yeah, people are bizarrely positive. Well, England haven't won here. They haven't won here in New Zealand once this century. Well, my, they won in 2008, didn't they? And they went 1-0 yeah. down in that series. Of course, they won't be able to do what they did in 2008 and come back. Once this century, they've now lost four of the last 14 overseas by an innings. I think there have been two more 10 wickets, one by 200 runs. They're a poor side. The aberrational win was in Sri Lanka. They're a poor side on flat wickets in particular and with a Duke's, uh, sorry, with a Kookaburra ball. When you combine the two, they're really quite a poor side. The only side they've actually beaten uh, was Sri Lanka, as I say, and that was a transitional Sri Lanka, mm. the, the poorest Sri Lanka team this century. Ever. So, uh, you know, that's not to take it away. They did really well. They did really well in Sri Lanka. But as I say, the records are adding up and they are very poor. And one of the like, frustrating things, I mean, the manner of dismissals today, you've got Joe Root hitting a long hot, really, to, to Gully. You've got Ollie Pope somehow reaching a wide full toss and hitting it to cover. Now, their job today was to bat out time. Their job today was to save a test match. All they had to do was leave those balls. They didn't have to do anything to them. They could have left them. And that lack of basic discipline, that lack of basic technique or temperament, is a real worry, and it keeps, happens, it keeps happening. I just heard Joe Root say, well, we've got to learn. Well, how many tests do you want, Joe? He's, well, he's, had, he's had 87 or something. He's had 34 as captain. How many does he want? I totally agree. I mean, if you were to look at the amount of tests England have played overseas in the last four years, it will probably be roughly in the ballpark of the number of tests New Zealand have played in their entirety in the same time. So this kind of learning uh, mentality does kind of great slightly. Um, does that mean it would be a surprise if England were to turn things around at Hamilton? It depends a bit on the surface, doesn't it? But but yes, it does really. I, I, it do, yes, of course it does. I mean, England, uh, New Zealand have won three of the last four tests they've played against England. So uh, on form, they are the better side. And in these conditions, they look a much better side. All I would say is that real, we have to be realistic. And um, although I'm genuinely quite angry with England's performance, I think you probably have to be realistic and not make sort of knee-jerk reactions and say, sack Joe Root. He is probably the best man for the job. I think he is actually the best man for the job. But I do think it's like saying he's the tallest dwarf. In the, It's basically because there's no one else. There's, there's not another... Vibe. He is deceptively tall, isn't he? On TV, he looks quite short, but when you meet him, you're like you're looking up rather than down. And I'm six foot, even when I'm on this hill, even if I wasn't on this hill, rather. I think it might have been a metaphor. <laughs> I wasn't actually saying he was a dwarf, <laughs> but he should be grumpy and cross, and maybe go to the dock, <laughs> and he should be bashful. <laughs> so that is gold. Jared Kimber would never have come up with that. Okay, I've got a couple of questions for you. 
Um, what was the worst shot that you saw in this match? Was it A, <laughs> Exhibit A, Rory Burns' second innings, Exhibit B, Joe Root first and second innings, uh, Exhibit C, um, Ollie Pope in second innings, or Exhibit D, Joss Butler's non-shot? Well, I think you've got to give some... Cr- I mean, there are two types of leave. The cliche is there's the leave that the ball doesn't hit the stumps and the lever it does and you know for people who haven't seen it Joss Butler left one that hit his off stump it doesn't look pretty I give some credit so again you've got to give loads of credit to New Zealand um, you really do and I think we have done as well yeah and, and actually uh, Joe Denley who, who is not a player I would have picked ever and not a player particularly rated he's the only one who can hold his head up properly high today he got pretty much an unpliable ball um, that bounced pretty horribly took his glove very unfortunate. I thought he did really well, really brave, as ever, with Joe Denley. He is a brave, nuggety player. A uh, lot of respect for that. So, you know, those those moments of credit. I thought Ollie Pope's... <laughs> I thought Ollie Pope's dismissal belongs in a museum. <laughs> it was an absolute shocker. It's worth trying to find it if you haven't seen it. I, I thought at the time... It, do you remember Shannon Gabriel's dismissal when mm. he needed to just bat out a couple of balls to save a test match against Pakistan and he decided trying to try and get a six? <laughs> I thought in its way, I mean, bearing in mind Shannon Gabriel is a number 11 and Ollie Pope is meant to be one of the most talented young batsmen England have produced in a generation. I wouldn't have thought, I, I don't understand why he even tried to hit that ball, let alone somehow managed to hit it to cover. Just leave it alone. And, and that's the thing that, that's what I worry about. You know, I, th- I usually think when you see articles or you hear people talking, they say, oh, they didn't want it enough and all the rest of it. I just think, oh, that's usually a bit simplistic, but... And it is, it's usually simplistic. But what we saw with BJ Watling here was a man who was prepared to grind it out in hot weather mm. for hours. What was it, 11 hours or mm. something? He left the ball, he defended the ball, he was prepared to bat slowly. I don't know that I see that with England. They just they just seem to be millionaires, you know? They just seem to be expecting to get another innings again tomorrow. They are they're spending the money as if it doesn't matter. I, I, they, they don't seem to have that level of fight and maybe it's just the way they've got used to playing and that's the conclusion that this is they will say the start of a new era of Chris Silverwood they're learning a new way to play and I guess we have to give them some time I say that through gritted teeth because a lot of these guys have played quite a lot of test matches and they keep asking for longer because they're learning and you know Joe Root how many tests I say until he has to learn he's averaging now 27 I think this calendar year and 10 tests he's averaging 39 as captain I think in 34 tests I think it is as I say I, I think at some stage you know you take the exam and you're, you're, you're measured on it aren't you and um, it's very frustrating that they're still sort of handy uh, look in the press conference there uh, he, he's just said um, I thought we did quite a lot of good things well he always says that well they turned up on time and in the right kit When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. 
If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. Kane Williamson, uh, just backing up a comment you said, uh, speaking to TV, said that they were prepared to work hard and they knew they had to hit 600 if they were to have a chance of winning the game, which I thought was quite a telling uh, statement. That was hidden amongst a lot of the other stuff he said. But we've just been from the, in the Joe Root press conference where he also said something interesting. Let's hear it, actually, what he had to say about Jofra Archer. I think one thing that everyone will learn and that we're very aware of is that he's still very much at the start of his international career and he's burst onto the international scene and he's done wonderful things for England um, and he'll do so many more wonderful things. Um, but this is, this is very new to him, he's got a, a cooker of ball which he's not bowled with before, um, he's never been to this part of the world and you have to perform in a certain way out here and he's got all the attributes that can be very successful here. And, and he's got to learn that sometimes, you know, you've got to make sure that every spell counts. And you really have got to run in and, and use that extra pace um, to your advantage. And, you know, I can't, in many ways, can't fault his effort. I think, you know, pulling the amount he has done throughout this innings um, shows that he cares and he wants to, he wants to really put in for this team. Um, but I think there are certain spells where, you know, he can, he can just unleash a little bit more and I think that will come with experience and time. Now, to the untrained ear, that sounds like he's been critical of Jofra Archer, um, almost suggesting that at best he didn't know when to give it his all. At worst, you'd say he was accusing his very young bowler, uh, who in the same breath said that we all need to give him a little bit of slack because he's very new to the game. He... Uh, Sound like he'd said Jofra Archer didn't give 100% and he needs to learn to give 100%. I, th I think that's a reasonable interpretation. It's not quite what he said. He said something like, I, I want him to go 100% every spell. And, and, and implied in that is... That he implied that on occasion when he needed 90 mile an hour Jofra Archer, he got 86 mile an hour Jofra Archer. That, am I right in saying that? Would he ever insinuate that about Anderson or Broad? Absolutely, this is the point I was going to make. Would he also ever insinuate that about a batsman? I mean, it's a batsman's game, isn't it? I, I, I found that quite. Um, I found that quite interesting. He also picks up upon drop catches. He absolutely bagged Jack Leach. No, for that no ball um, at Old Trafford to reprieve Steve Smith. I mean, fair enough. It's a you know, this is, sports people live in an age of accountability you know it's written there in the score sheet how many runs you scored how many wickets you took but some people seem to be protected and other people don't I thought it was very very telling that he chose a press conference as his way of telling us that he was unhappy with Jofra Archer who bowled 42 overs 
42 overs. I, I don't know whether I mentioned this yesterday. I put it in my piece of thing. Stuart Broad, 133 tests, yeah. has never bowled more than 36 in an innings. So why are we expecting Archer, in his fifth test, his first test abroad, his first test with a Cucumber ball, to be able to bowl 42 and make the difference? It's, it's not us, it's not the media, it's not even the public who have unrealistic expectations of Joffre Archer. It's his captain. Yep, um, I, was, uh, I found that very, very revealing. If you were Joffre's mum or dad, mm. if you were Joffre's agent, you were Joffre's best mate, would you be genuine? I don't know the answer to this question. Would you honestly be recommending him to play test cricket? I said to you two days ago, I don't see Joffre Archer. I've got a feeling that he ain't, he's not going to play 50 tests. And I'm not saying that this situation has got anything to do with it, but I do believe we've got to... We cannot look at Joffre Archer as a human being and as a cricketer with, that, with the eyes of someone who's been through the system. And, and he hasn't played through this system. He's going to be different. He's going to be punching uh, blow-up balls into the crowd. He's going to be driving around those segways. Good. Exactly, Good. exactly. That's what I'm saying. Oh, Beach we agree. Offer. Beach offer just like I like Moen being Moen and Stokes being Stokes. Brilliant. Uh, I, I, I'm worried about that. I, I, I'll tell you, take you back to the World Cup. We know that between the proper game and the super over, he had an injection. I can't remember, was it his shoulder? Mm. Uh, he had a pain-killing injection already. What are we into there? Seven weeks into his England career. They're going to break him. They've got... It's like a kid being given a really nice toy on Christmas Day and he's broken it on Boxing Day morning. That's what's happening here with Root and Archer. It's a real worry. Players like this come along very, very rarely and they have to be looked after. Look, Australia took a long time to work out how to use Mitchell Johnson and I think that's broadly a fair comparison. And what we saw in the 13-14 Ashes was them suddenly realising what they had, how to use him, bowled three and four over spells and he bowled about as well as a man can bowl, really, as hostile as a man can bowl. And I think we've got that sort of cricketer and I think, you know, he's definitely frustrating to watch. You know, his, his first spell, he, he trotted in, really. And, he, and, and he, look, he's got to find a way to get into the game quicker. Well, there are frustrations. There are genuinely uh, reasonable criticisms of Jofra and the fact that he seems to ease into games. And because of that, batsmen maybe are allowed to play themselves in a little bit. So what you would want is him to warm up better. But, you know, they've got a room full of backroom staff over there they, they they must be seeing this stuff I'm seeing it you're seeing it so let's see Joffre start harder start quicker I agree with that but you can't be letting him bowl 42 overs and just by comparison what did Stokesy bowl 24 uh, what did Broad bowl 33 32 or something right so it's he's not been treated equitably and I get that because he's such a special talent you're always going to want him to bowl but they will break him and I'm not sure I heard anyone else criticised by name in that press conference no, I totally agree. Uh, another little interesting note, I was listening to some radio sports commentary over the last few days. Uh, they didn't make one mention of this pitch, by the way, which I thought was interesting in itself, but I might have missed that. Um, in terms of the, the, the state of the pitch and its um, whether it was up to standard. But they something today, it Daniel... It probably was, wasn't it? It probably, it, it, look, I, I think there were very long passages of play. It's like reading a book, which takes 100 pages to get into. Yeah. I, 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 this is a throwback surface. Uh, it makes me personally my own view is that it's absolutely pushing the margins of what's acceptable in terms of uh, some of the play was not terribly compelling but it's just you know there's room for light and shade in test cricket and it may be the end just about justified the means I don't know if I actually honestly think that but you you wouldn't want this every week but for no. as a one-off um, and look this is the beauty of test cricket if you play football for a living you can go anywhere in the world you can go and play in 
you know, anywhere, any stadium in Europe, no matter how big or small it is, you can go to South America, blah, blah, blah. Essentially, unless you're going up to play um, up a mountain somewhere in South America, essentially you're going to be playing in very similar circumstances to what you're used to. Craig, that is the beauty of cricket. You, and New Zealand played to the conditions. And as Kane Williamson said in, the, in his press conference, this is not a normal pitch for New Zealand. It's not like they're all like this. It's not like the UAE. Anyway, let me just well, move well, on just, to... Just, just, just on that, though, all I would say is that no kid has ever said to their mum and dad, please, can you take me down to the cricket to watch guys nudge one off their hip at two and over for 150 overs? No, I, I get that. But, you know, kids like to see winning teams. Yeah. yeah and New Zealand right. won. And there will be kids who enjoyed watching New Zealand win. Yep. And they'll go home and they're going to want to be um, one of those players that weren't mentioned in the composite 11s coming into this series. They're going to want to be BJ Watling, Mitchell Santner and uh, Neil Wagner. Uh, Daniel McCarty on Radio Sport Commentary he was going through the scorecard. This was an England eight down. And he said, so the wickets today, Joe Root went for 11. And then the big wicket of Ben Stokes, 28 or 35, whatever he made. And then went down the list. And I thought, blimey. Joe Root, it's been a long time since Joe Root was a key wicket, wasn't it? You know, there is a conversation, and I'm not going to go into it now because it's kind of been done. And I don't think it's really relevant right now. Questions have been asked about the captaincy, the effect it has on his batting. Uh, We know that. But essentially, if he wasn't the captain, with that record you just mentioned, we're talking about, is it time to drop him, let alone replace him as captain? I think he's got quite a lot of credit in the bank. I think he's got 17 test hundreds and he's 28. So I, 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 I do... I mean, I wouldn't be thinking of dropping him. And I don't think anyone actually is. But that's quite a poor record, isn't it? 29 in in 12 months. Yes, and they are worried about him and he looks a bit confused. Um, Doesn't look as if he knows how to play. I mean, there are two poor, poor dismissals. No way around that. Um, uh, And again, is the burden of captaincy diluting his effectiveness as a batsman? I mean, all the evidence would suggest yet. Yes, and yet, I'm still saying... I think I'd probably stick with him as captain because I am not flush with other options. No, I totally agree. I can't think of a single person that would come well, in and do a, do a job. Well, I think, okay, well, I'll, I'll throw one in. Um, Rory Burns. And I would say he hasn't even really cemented his place at the top of the order. Yeah, I mean, the, the, he's, he's definitely an option. Burns, Stokes, Broad and a push Owen Morgan. Uh, uh, but, I mean, uh, that's really pushing it. Um, uh, but, well, look, St- uh, Stokes, you'd say... Uh, He's already burned him with too much stuff. He is the vice-captain, though. Owen Morgan, I don't think, would do it. And I don't think is a realistic option. And Stuart Broad would do it. But, you know, when Jimmy Anderson's back, Ollie Stone, perhaps, Mark Wood, he's not guaranteed to start every game. You know, we're going to go to Sri Lanka again at the end of March. Broad won't play. He bowled at uh, Mark Elam pace, by the way, Stuart Broad. I mean, I don't blame him for that. I thought that was probably the right way to go, to be honest. I thought, I thought personally, Broad bowled pretty well. He bowled within himself. He bowled dry. He tried to build pressure, just like Jofra. Um, what were you searching on Google today? Anything? No, I don't think... <laughs> what do you mean? It was not, not even during that 59-run partnership between Curran and Archer? No, I was writing my piece. I don't think I looked up anything. Oh... Maybe I looked up where I was staying in Hamilton. The quest. The quest. There you go. I looked up hege- hegemonic masculinity. Yeah, I've been meaning to talk to you about that. <laughs> What's that mean? What's that mean? Well, that's why I Googled it. Oh. Steve Finns mentioned it on radio commentary. I thought, blimey, that's a first. I like their early stuff, but I thought the new single's <laughs> rubbish. <laughs> what is it? It's uh, the way that blokes have to kind of prove to everyone that they're the best. 
He was talking about how one of the Sky cameramen has challenged him to a race. Right, I mean, I'm, I guess I'm the sort of man who just gave up years ago. Barely a man at all. It was a rare, rare bright moment. Um, OK, let's think of something positive to say before Hamilton. Apart from the fact it's a lovely part of the world. Oh, oh uh, it's a lovely place if you've got your health, you're a millionaire. And they say that what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. England are going to be Hulk-like. Maybe that's what they need. Uh, we head to uh, Hamilton tomorrow um, uh, and we will be bringing you a preview, myself and George Dabell, ahead of that second test. England cannot now win this series, but there's still plenty to play for. Uh, places uh, for the uh, South Africa trip, which of course will be live and exclusive on TalkSport. Uh, review and subscribe on Spotify, Acast or iTunes. And thanks for listening to the following on podcast. We will be back on Thursday with a preview of that second test. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you're keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today.